we as coaches, as conscious coaches, have to coach our students through that mindset of like, we should have never been working the way that we were working before. Working hard and working ourselves into the ground are two different things. Hi, everyone. I'm Sid Sharice. And I'm David Bosher. And you're listening to Destroy the Hairdresser, where we teach you to salon differently. After years of searching, we finally found a software that does it all. Introducing Aura Salonware. With Aura, you have the simple tools to streamline your business, such as a card on file, settings for hourly pricing, and even station sharing options. Implement communication boundaries with clients by interacting directly through Aura. Finally, a software that takes your business as seriously as you do. If you're interested in this type of profit maximization, visit aurasalonware.com DTH to receive special discounts and promos. As a hairdresser, I know the struggle of managing your back bar, and that's where our friends at SalonScale come to play. While you weigh your products with their app, SalonScale automatically tracks your products used, making inventory management a breeze. Not to mention they also save your formula. They are a digital solution for back bar management, and they really make it easy. You know we're both big on knowing your numbers, and SalonScale does just that. Visit salonscale.com DTH and use the code DTH10 at checkout for 10% off your first year. For those of you that are watching the podcast, Sid cut off 10 inches of her hair and she's, she'd like everyone to know. Who knows? I'm, <laughs> it might be long again. <laughs> That's true too. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I feel like we haven't been in the studio for a while, but it's been. It's been only been two months. We came, this is an earlier session than we normally do. We have coach training coming up. We have up. coach training this weekend. Yeah. So all the coaches are flying in from all over the United States and Canada. And we're going to train them and get them ready for taking on more students since mm-hmm. we've had... All of a sudden, everybody wants to work with us. I don't know what happened. I love it. It's great. It's 102 degrees today. It's 102 degrees. So we're all... All the coaches are just going to like burn and sizzle together. <laughs> it's 102 degrees today in sunny Chicago. And I just got in and I'm exhausted. We're hyped <laughs> up on coffee. And today we're going to be talking about... Um, the, Learning. The $372,000 hairdresser. Do you know how much money that is? Well, like, I, wa- I, think- I was going to make it the 372,562 $2. <laughs> I was going to make it some obscure number because we all as creatives round up and down. I mean, I think most people do, but I think especially as creatives, we're just like, oh, I made 100,000. Oh, I made Everything's 000. exaggerated or minimized. Right. Like, there's it's, never like- There's no middle ground. There's no truth. But if you ask, I have no money, or I made so much money. But if you ask hairdressers like how much they make, especially after hitting a hundred thousand dollars, they didn't make a hundred thousand dollars. They usually made a hundred and sixty-two thousand, mm-hmm. right? Or the person that makes two hundred thousand really made two hundred and forty-five thousand. If you're not making that much, then you got to work with a coach mm-hmm. because you should be. But it's absolutely possible. I think there's this belief that hairdressers have about once I hit six figures. And by the way, six figures can mean $999,999, right? It doesn't, yeah. It's not just 100000 mm-hmm. I think kind of opening up the conversation to the fact that you can make six figures and it, it's not just 100000 Yeah. I, I also think that, I think that happens because once six figures happens, like they're actually profiting after taxes, after expenses, six figures. 
nothing else really matters. That's why I said, do you know how much money that is? Because the reality is like that for an individual, maybe not for a family home, also depends on the city you live in. But even in New York, we weren't making that. And when we started to really make money, it was still so great. Right. So like six figures, that's why I was like, I don't think people can wrap the he- their heads around actually profiting and having in your bank account six figures, even on the smaller scale of 100000 Yeah, I I'll, I would say half of my students have about 100 thousand dollars in savings mm-hmm. which is always well a, you're actually with our future proof students doing a I'm doing a challenge mm-hmm. of building their savings but I uh, a lot of them already have a hundred thousand dollars in savings and what's really and to me that's a six-figure hairdresser yeah not that I make six figures in revenue but that I actually have six figures in my savings account yeah that's mine that has always been something we've said we've said it on stage so many times like if you only have like $1,000 in your savings account, you're a $1,000 hairdresser because where that kind of you're stamp... Five, five fig- stamp four of... Four figure. Four figure, yeah. <laughs> that stamp of wealth comes from what you have in investments and in savings. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to have $100,000 in your savings account. I mean, that's great if you do, but I honestly would like... You should be making money off of that or investing it. But I think something that happens is people be like, I'm a six-figure hairdresser, but they only brought in 100K in revenue. And took home like 87. Took home like 60. Yeah. You know, let's be real with inflation and expenses and rents and horrible salons that are charging crazy commissions. Yeah, and if you are in a commission salon, to even profit that, you would have to bring in over like 250,000. 200 in revenue, for sure. If you're bringing, if you're in a commission salon and you're bringing 200 in revenue, you are absolutely profiting. And you should probably open a salon. 100K. (laughs) You should absolutely. Yeah, if you're working for someone else and you're bringing that much cash, it's probably time to Yeah, that's a comfy, cozy life. I mean, uh, what's, we've actually worked with a lot of people in their early 20s that are bringing in that kind of money. And I think without a coach and without someone to guide you like an accountant, a mentor, a financial advisor, it can get really, what's the word? Frivolous? Yeah, you start... Reactive. Yeah, you get reactive with it. You start spending it. I mean, there's... I don't even have to pretend that it's not this person or that person. There's so many stories of people that have made great money. I've done it. Yeah, because of a good season or a good year. I was bopping all around New York City spending money. (laughs) Before COVID? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, things like COVID happen or other things happen personally in our lives and we we don't have it or we then have to spend a chunk of it. I'm not, you know, it's funny talking to both of us because I'm not a saver. I'm a spender and Sid is a saver, not a spender, which is funny because you do, you are a spender. I am a spender. But you are more a saver. And I'm always looking at money. My money. Yeah, you're always. All, yeah. Probably checked it three times since we've been sitting here. You really? No. No, I'm kidding. I look at <laughs> my bank how much account. You don't look at me. <laughs> I make, I maybe look at my bank account once a week. Well, for some people, like it causes them reactivity, even if there is wealth in there, because it's just like, you know. Have you ever seen those ads where like like Chase or Wells Fargo and they want you to sign up for a bank account and it's like it shows the person's bank account is like $23,000 in savings. I'm like, that is not a normal person's bank account. <laughs> Who are they advertising to? <laughs> but I, I always look at averages and I think, I believe currently, and I'm someone's going to probably correct me through DMs, 
I don't know. By the time this comes out, it might be a different <laughs> statistic. The average American has less than $5,000 in savings. Yes, no, that is true. Because I was actually, I'm teaching an economic class coming up and I was looking at those numbers. So less than 5000 in their savings. The and average American. And that's actually American. like not awful. <laughs> if you have a family of four, it, four no, it is. No, for an individual, I'm talking. For like, an individual, no. But I think like that's a crazy number. And I, and I know that like, we can blame the economy and we can blame whatever. But I also think there's this level of unlocking the idea that you can make over $100,000. I, I think even in other industries, it's like you make $100,000 and after that, it's like, oh, I make 100000 Oh, what do you really make? I make $120,000. Mm-hmm. It's like, you. it's almost like those extra thousands. But then when you become, hit 200 then you really emphasize like... Yeah, 200. we have benchmarks, especially as like a Western culture. I think it's like 100000 and then you don't really talk about it until two fifty. Yeah. And then after 250, you might not even talk about it until a million. Mm-hmm. And we forget that we can live somewhere in the middle, especially if I own a business, right? Mm-hmm. I can live somewhere and profit in the 400,000s or the 600,000s. Like, and it's just always funny to me because I have a few students that prof- they, they are profiting in, those, in the 600,000 realm, right? Yeah. And then a lot of it goes back into the business, whatever. But they profit that. And because it's not a million even though it's more than they've ever made, because it's not one million, they can't. They don't feel good about it. Yeah. That's so sad too. But it's like, that's what hairdressers, like we're always trying to get to this like imaginary number and then we hit it and then we're like, well, it's, you know, and then when they hit a million, they're like, well, it's not two million. Yeah. There's like never... <laughs> nothing's, nothing's good enough. A layer of satisfaction. But, you know, I think the whole movement in our industry about six-figure hairdressers, I think that was really helpful. It, I think it really was. I mean, even for me as a young stylist at the time, when that became like a whole movement, I was like, what? I want yeah. that. It wasn't possible. Yeah. How, that was what? When I was... That Who started was, that? Was it Harry Wood? A little Wood? less than 20 years ago. Harry Wood. Harry Wood. I think Wood. so. I think it... I might be making this all up. I took his course. Yeah. I think it was called Six Figure Hairdresser. I think so too. And it had a little, little notebook mm-hmm. and it had a DVD set. Yes. Uh, so I took that. And then there's some other ones now that I can't think of that some people have taken. I mean, it's in everyone's verbiage if you're a business coach. I, right. I'm sure. But I want our verbiage to be the three hundred and seventy two thousand five hundred eighty six thousand or hundred dollar <laughs> hairdresser. I can't even say <laughs> the numbers. That's probably why people round up. Yeah, because I I also think there's this level of um you, you do hit a wall as an individual. Not saying that you couldn't make that money. You would have to charge a lot of money. You mean like with the people in our comments that like, you could never make that as a hairdresser. We're like, yeah, open yeah, a business. <laughs> open a business. You absolutely could. Eventually, in order to make that kind of wealth, which is completely possible, and we have so many salon owners that are hitting beyond that number in wealth, in profit, in revenues, you have to invest in other people. You have to hire people into your business. That is the only way unless you're charging like $1,000 an hour, which is fine. That's also possible. Even then you have to be booked. But if you're not willing to do it. (laughs) If you booked booked out (laughs) charging that. And now a word from our sponsors. We have partnered with Hair Story, a product line that is good for our clients, our planet, and our bank account. Have you heard of New Wash? It's like a shampoo, but actually good for your hair. New Wash is a cleansing cream that cleans and conditions without the harsh bones and damaging detergents found in traditional shampoos. 
Hair Story does things differently, creating more conscious options that respect the environment and your hair ecosystem. Ready to try new wash for free? Visit hairstory.com slash DTH to get pro access today. Do you think people are afraid to make Money more than a certain people. amount of people? Like, I think everyone has a threshold. Yeah, I think because then it starts to get scary that you have more to lose. Like, I think when people are living paycheck to paycheck and things are on a smaller scale, you can all, there's always like the, I have to do this, I have to do this. That's why I think a lot of people in our program, they instantly start making more money because we really look at their finances. We look at their expenses. We look at everything out on, on we throw it all out on the table and we figure out their hourly rate, hourly rate based on the profits that they want to make, how they work, how much they work, and their expenses, right? So we're including everything in that. And then they start to make money. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh crap, I'm not working as much. I'm making more money. And then we start to panic because we're not doing the hairdresser hustle. Is that a, that should be a TikTok <laughs> dance. Do the hustle. Can, can I do really it? say that? Can you don't you? own the rights to that song. Yeah. <laughs> You could say do the hustle. Do I sang the it though. Hustle. It's less than six words. I think you're. I think there's a rule about that. But, I, but yeah, the hairdresser hustle, and then they start to panic. And so we, as coaches, as conscious coaches, have to coach our students through that mindset of like, we should have never been working the way that we were working before. Working hard and working ourselves into the ground are two different things. You can work hard and also not be in a hustle mindset. So I love working. I love working too. I, I also have to set very clear boundaries with myself, which is a lot of restriction to not work on the weekends because it will, my psyche, or not work after certain times. And working for a hairdresser nowadays is not just doing hair. We are running businesses. We have our whole back end, whether you're an individual or a salon owner. We have social media, which is a whole freaking job, you know? Yeah, I don't, the the social media, the social media thing I think has, allowed hairdressers to grow their income and certain I think certain generations like millennials and Gen X were like were very overwhelmed mm-hmm. by social media because of its limitlessness. Yeah. And then you have these young kids that are like coming out of school and starting at salons and they don't want to do an apprentice program, which mm-hmm. I don't blame you. Yeah. They don't want to wait their turn or pay their dues, which I don't blame you. And when they go out there, they're kind of ready. And I know some people are like, no, these hairdressers They have to do this. No, like, educated. let them go. I'm like, they've been watching YouTube. They've been watching TikTok. They've been cutting their friend's hair at home. They've been playing with more chemicals than we were able to play with because they sell it at Sally's and they sell it at CVS. Like, I'm not saying that they learned traditionally, mm-hmm. but they've been active in hair longer than we have before yeah. school. And I... I think it's really cool. And I think they use social media and they're like, oh no, I'm going to make 100000 in my first year of the doing The confidence hair. is so inspiring. I love it. Let them go. Like, saloners, stop hindering these, these people that come in and have that confidence like because you don't have that confidence. Instead, be like, I couldn't do it, but I'm going to give you the chance to show me what you got. You're still in charge as a salon owner. If they can't live up to that expectation, you can coach them or you can let them go. Those are your options. It's always surprising to me when I meet a salon owner who is upset that they're that someone I, wants to charge more than them. Yes, <laughs> I'm like you know that hurts your business. Your ego right now is fully hurting your business. Like they'll say things like, "Well, they want to charge this, but I don't even charge that." I'm like, "That that's okay." And we're not seeing that that's a problem, or it's okay. Yeah, yeah, both if, options. Yeah, one, you probably should be charging more, and two, them they should not have to pay for your lack of growth. Yeah. And you make money when they make money, so why wouldn't you want them? 
make more. It's just really interesting to me. But I think the concepts of like, I think that breaks that six figure rule too. Like, well, I don't even make six figures, and I hear a lot of salons. Why not? Yeah. And I hear a lot of salons. It'll be like, oh yeah, I don't. Um, my team made more than me. And they're like mad about it. And I'm like, well, there's like, two things. You do here. know your if your team made more than you, your salon's probably profiting and you shouldn't. Yeah, be the doing salon care. is yeah, something's going on here. Yeah. Like, but it's just interesting to me that salon owners will do that and that people will think about money in that way. And I just I want people to break through the concept that six figures is a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Six figures is anything up into a million. A million. And there's a whole journey and there's a whole world within there. And I think if we don't talk about it. We don't think it exists. Even like politics and economics now, it's like there's the poor and the rich. Mm-hmm. Like we don't even want to talk about what's in, well, the middle class is hurting. Yeah, but there's still a there's still, still a, a giant journey. middle class. Yeah. <laughs> Whether or not it's difficult is not what I'm saying because it is difficult at the middle class. Even our company is a company that's, We're still a small company. We're a small company. We're still growing. We pay the highest taxes mm-hmm. because we're in that middle tax bracket. But it's like people like kind of forget that there's this whole other realm. And I think if we just remember that a hundred thousand is not where it ends and a million isn't where it starts, yeah. that there's something in the middle. And I always celebrate like when my team, when I hear my team like, oh, we brought in, you know, this year, $468,000. I'm like, I'll say like, that's amazing. They're like, yeah, I wish it was a million. It's like $468,000 is really good. Don't shit on your success. <laughs> They're like, yeah, I got to take home a $14,000 profit this month for myself. And the salon and then, still and profited. And then followed up like this, but it was really slow. But it was... <laughs> or <laughs> got to do better now. It's like, give yourself a beat to live in your... Or they'll, be, or they'll say... Accomplishments. Oh, you know, so-and-so quit. And I'm like, how much, how much did you bring in? Oh, we brought in the most we ever brought in. <laughs> I'm like, what is... Where's the missing, like, <laughs> link here that people are starting to appreciate it? But anyways, that's all I have to say about that by $372,000 hairdresser concept. Next time on Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast. In our industry, posting that you're hiring has been, it's kind of an ick. Kind of. It is an ick. It means uh, so hairstylists everyone are like, goes, why? Why are you so desperate to hire? Right. 